0: Hi, this is Yulia Pahilko, and we are listening to Live from the Cafe, recorded live at Venture Cafe Cambridge, where innovation is for everyone.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another feature interview segment here on Live from the Cafe. I'm sitting across the table from one of the most genuine people I've ever met, She is a contributor and workshop holder at Venture Cafe Cambridge. Jung Sterrick, co-founder of Solco. I'd like to start these interviews with a pretty simple question. How is your day going?
0: My day is going
1: great. That's good to hear. Um, I honestly do ask that question because I feel like in the innovation and entrepreneurship spaces, we don't talk enough about how we're feeling with honesty. When somebody asks how your day is going or how are you, We tend to brush it off with fine, well, good, and we don't really like to elaborate on that. Um, And that's sort of your area of expertise, isn't it?
0: Uh, Yes, I think so. And I usually um, avoid the word expertise because I'm really loving the beginner's mind.
1: I noticed the hesitation (laughs) answering that question.
0: So a lot of what I um, practice and teach really goes back to being present. So when you mention that when people ask you, how are you, or how is your day going, that we can just answer those questions at a surface level, yeah, fine, okay. But do we really, we rarely take the time to presence ourselves, to look at the person who's asking me that question and really attuning to our own body and feeling what we're feeling, and then So the first part of
1: that, I think people honestly have a hard time with, is one, they have to identify how they're feeling. And a lot of times, that's a challenge for people.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true, Frank, and I'm glad that you mentioned it. It took me a long time to really connect to what I'm feeling, because as a corporate lawyer, which was my prior career for over 20 years. I lived neck up. What does that mean? I really was not connected to my body. So I was always speaking and my world revolved around my head. So whatever I thought, it just came through my, my- mouth. So when somebody asked me, how are you feeling? I felt numb because I wasn't connected. It took a long time for me to re that emotional feel, the quality of feeling.
1: And you've done a number of workshops here already at Venture Cafe Cambridge on emotional intelligence, on being able to be present in conversation, in work, in life. But before we even get into all of the great workshops that you're doing, I want to go way back. I want to know what your origin story is. You sort of alluded to the fact that you were in law for a period of time, but even before that, what's what's your origin story? How did you Develop into the person that you are now.
0: Thank in, you. F- in <laughs> <of their> life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Like okay, so my origin story. My uh, I was born in Korea. Came to this country when I was a teenager, thirteen years. Um, so I spent my adolescent age, my second sort of a development stage in New York, uh, was an amazing experience because the you know whole Um, diversity that I didn't experience in Korea. But my parents, thinking like Korean parents, wanted me to marry someone who's a doctor or lawyer or professional at that time. And I said to myself, you know what, if they want status and privilege for me, I don't have to marry one. In fact, I could go get one. (laughs) So that's how I got J.D., so think about it, someone who getting a, into a profession with that motivation, you know, it's all external, satisfying what my parents wanted for me. So I really struggled. At the same time, as I mentioned to you, I lived it neck up. So all the intellectual challenges and stimulation in, in corporate law, I loved it. Interestingly enough, though, when I was not connected to the rest of my body, my heart and my gut, it pulled me away from who I truly am. So after 20 years, the road diverged. So in the beginning, it might've been a small difference, but after 20 years of doing something over and over and over again, so that was a big um, sort of painful gap that I experienced. So when I, I, I wouldn't say I, when I woke up, but when, you know, it, it went on for a while, but really, dawned on me that in order to reduce this this suffering, when I went to the external coaches and the mentors and wanted to listen to their advice and tips, I realized, wow, 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 I have to actually do a U-turn and I have to go inward. And through mindfulness and a lot of contemplative practice, that's how I was able to connect to my body. So your question about, you know, the feeling and emotions, when I connected to my body, then I was able to connect to my emotions and then really integrating head, heart, and gut. And when I felt that, that was, I felt the most powerful, you know, um, in my life ever, ever. That feeling was real. So then I realized that that's what leaders need to be really being integrated in a full, aligned way with what matters to them and the values. So if leaders can show up that way, then they can hold the space for the people in their organizations, in their teams, for them to fully um, express their full potential.
1: So I want to go into that a little bit because 20 years is a long time, right? So for 20 years... Was this a nagging feeling in the back of your head? Was there, do you remember a particular moment when you heard the sound of the bell and you were, it finally clicked? What was that journey like?
0: Thank you for asking that question, too. Yes, there was a nagging moment. In fact, one year into my law practice, I caught as a baby lawyer. I knew that, like, oh, this is fun and interesting. But you know what? How come I don't feel alive? It's always busy, always feeling like accomplishments, like that jolt of like adrenaline running, you know, working crazy hours, yet I didn't feel it in here. So then what did I do? All Every weekend, I would just go away with like like stack of books about career. Do what you love and money will follow. I mean, all kinds of crazy ideas about how do you transform your career or go into something else. So I've been doing that a lot. But All knowing and learning did not do anything because it was, again, knowledge not transforming into hands. So this, this, as you said, nagging voice, like this is not it, but then what? But you're really successful at what you do. It's really hard to step away from what you are good at, right? So you put what you're good at above what you love. So then the real sort of aha moment came when I got really exhausted my body was now on strike. So you cannot use your will or sort of your head driving me all the time. So my body, I was like losing my energy. So one day I went to the office and then all of a sudden, just like a computer shutting down, I feel this whole energy going And I thought, oh my God, what's happening? So I sent a note to everybody saying, I got to go home. Something's happening. I went home. As soon as I got home, I went to bed, upstairs bed. I lay down and then same thing. And then all the energy was just like being sucked out of my body. And then I was sinking lower and lower and lower. And I thought, I better call my spouse to let him know. Or do I call 911? Just then, I heard the garage door open. And then I heard my spouse and the kids coming into the house. And I thought that they would see my car and then come up and check up on me. Like, this is very strange for, you know, my wife and my mother to be it. No, nobody came. And I was just sitting there and then I heard them carry on the conversation, the usual afternoon conversation, laughing and having fun. And then I thought to myself, wow, is this what death is like? That you can hear the voice of your loved ones but you cannot really be seen or heard. And then right after that, what would it be like if this were my deathbed? And that was a wake-up call for me. I got to do something about this.
1: So there was that moment, um, pretty dramatic story about how you got there. What was the first, you you sort of alluded to, but what was the first real decision, like actionable decision that you made after that point?
0: Yeah, so after that point, it took a while. Even Isn't that interesting that we have an insight? But then it takes a while for us to get into. Mm. So that came. And then the next one is, yes, I got to do something about this. But how? How? How do I walk away from this success? And then how do I have a guarantee if I go in out of this and step into the unknown? Will I have as good a success as I've had? So that was scary, and the fear was so big that I didn't know what to do. So one person, so then after that, like walking with fear now, now I know I, I, this is not it, but then what? That alternative was not clear to me, and it was just a big fear, right? So then one day, someone, a good, dear friend said, John, you've been saying that you are, ex- you, you are exhausted for all these times that I've seen you for the last month. So if not this, like, what do you really want to do? That hit me again.
1: And how long ago was that?
0: How long ago? This was more than 10 years ago now. And I said, I don't know. I don't know what I want anymore. And then as soon as I said that, another question popped up. So who are you now? So this question of who are you had to be answered first before I could answer what is my work? What do I want to do? So, those were the genesis, the two questions of who are you and what is your work that led me into this path of how do I find that by going inward.
1: In my outside life, outside of Venture Cafe, I work with a number of high school students, and they stress most often, if not about getting into college, answering the bigger question of what am I going to do with my life? And they think that they have to find out that answer now, even earlier, 16, 17, 18 years old. You need to know what you're going to do with your life because you're about to go and make a huge financial and life commitment if you decide to go to university, right? So you better have an answer to that question. But here you are well into your career and you stopped and you paused and you asked yourself, what do I want to do? It's a question that continues to to stick around in your life. And I think people would benefit from asking that question, quite frankly, and putting themselves back in their their that, that, that mindset, that those pair of shoes, what do I want to do next, right? I refuse to answer the question, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? I will not answer it. I get asked it all the time, especially in Venture Cafe. And I say, I'm making decisions one thing at a time to determine what I want to do next. So I guess I have to ask the question, What was it that you
0: wanted to do? I love what you just said. and It is such a beautiful inquiry, isn't it? That one thing that I do want to mention for uh, if there are young people listening to this podcast is that we have this idea of sense of self that is solid and concrete, but we are not. Everything around us changes and so do we. So the emotional intelligence and all these things that I am so passionate about teaching others is that what I have now learned is that how do you dance with life? You're changing. Life around you is changing. People around you is changing. Circumstances are changing from high school to college to first job to next job to as you become, you know, manager, let's say. Or if you step out of that track and become your own entrepreneurial track, everything is changing all the time. So how do you stay present so that you can respond to all these challenges and opportunities coming at your way and not having a solid sense of like, this is who I am, one year, three year, five year, this is the track. Plan is a concept. It's good to have a plan because you don't want to not have a direction. I am not saying that plan is useless. But what I'm saying is that once you have a, a sense of who you are aligned with your core values, what matters to you. And that value actually does not change from your childhood to your adolescent to your adulthood, what matters to you. So you look at that as your North Star and your job in everything you do is refining that compass to point toward the North Star. So if you've learned that and you cannot learn by thinking, you cannot learn by writing, you cannot learn by speaking, you actually have to learn by doing and by open to all the things that we call failures and mistakes and errors, so rich with all the things that you need to learn about how to relate to life and work and people. And that's how you grow your capacity. You grow your roots trunk so that you can have the branches and all the fruits that you can bear together. And that's, what, that's a life process. So I love the fact that you pointed to me that, yes, at my age, in my second half, asking these questions, asking who am I, what is my work, is a constant guiding light. It's not a 30-second elevator pitch that you give to somebody. Exactly. But those are the guiding light. When you're confused, go into that quiet space and ask yourself, who am I, meaning what matters to me, and what are my core values that I return to, my essence. From there, what is my work to serve? right? Be of service to become a healthy participant in life and work so that I leave a legacy. doesn't matter how old you are. You're always leaving the fruits of your labor everywhere you go.
1: So I think we have done a pretty good job so far laying the foundation, some of your core beliefs. Now let's talk about your company, Soul Co. Uh, Tell me, what it is exactly that you do, what, what you offer to the community, to your clients, and how it got started.
0: Thank you so much for asking that question. I actually love the name SoulCo. In fact, when we were doing that name, a lot of people said like, oh, people, Soul, what is that about? And I said, you know what? We always said that it's a soul-sucking job. This corporation or this company, this workplace does not have soul. But then if you do not talk about soul, how can you say that we don't have it right so we have taken that out of vocabulary but to me work is soul making doesn't matter where you work who you work for and how many people you work around work itself is soul making meaning that we come alive by through our work right work and life are the two things therefore soul co means that helping people come alive. And that's the vision of what we do. Really helping people getting the skills that they haven't learned. This is a 21st century skill of emotional intelligence that people haven't learned. So how do you come alive? Not dependent on the external circumstances, because there's a lot of things that's beyond your control. But when you come alive from inside out, and when you are lit, when you do the work, you will have the clarity to see, is this the place that I want to contribute? If not, I could leave the place with the calling of the love and the passion, the things that you really want to contribute to the world, not because this employer is XYZ or my boss is this. You want to leave clean, right? not stuck to that place. So that's the work of uh, Soul Co. And the reason Co is there is that we cannot do anything worthwhile in life alone. So Co means together co-create, collaborate, communicate, commune or community. These are all the things that we need to do together. So we cannot learn anything together about life or work. We can compare notes and learn from each other's experience and expertise, and then we move on. So that's why SoulCo. The mission of SoulCo is really, truly, we want to co-create learning communities of wise and compassionate leaders for the well-being of all. The reason we chose all those words very carefully, because co-creation is an important part of 21st century work, no matter what we do. Complex problems no one person can solve alone. So we need to create the community of learning community. We're constantly learning and advancing, moving forward. So learning communities, what we need more in this Time right now is more than anything, wise and compassionate leaders, wisdom and compassion, such important qualities that we overlook. And when I say leaders, I'm not just talking about the leaders with you know, positions and title. Every single one of us are leaders, right? Because we have the resources to influence and impact people around us, and whether we know or not, the rippling effects right? We impact, for example, you impact your students, they're impacting the people in their families. And then those people are impacting the communities and their workplace. It's a widening circle of influence. So every one of us are leaders. If that's the case, what leadership qualities and trainings have we really received to be the best versions of ourselves?
1: It sounds to me that you fully believe that your thesis is that you can teach and build emotional intelligence. It's not something that people perhaps are innately born with, but like public speaking or like writing, it's something you can practice and get better at. Is that the right understanding of what, of what you're trying to accomplish?
0: You've summarized it beautifully. And the last part of the mission is is for the well-being of all. So what is emotional intelligence skills for, For right? Emotional intelligence skills is not for its sake. Oh, I am emotionally intelligent. Oh, well, what does that mean? It is to co-create the well-being of all. I'm saying not just a group of people or certain countries or certain workplace, but can we create well-being of all? And we just had a session at Venture Cafe last week that well-being is a skill. That everybody can learn and well-being skills are same as the emotional intelligence skills.
1: So I'm glad you brought that up because you have a number of sessions upcoming at Venture Cafe. What is on the schedule for the next couple of weeks here?
0: So this coming week we have emotional awareness for good decision-making. So we've actually have this body and we have the mind. Our K through 12 and higher education is busy helping students mind the mind, right? M-I-N-E, mind the mind, M-I-N-D. And physical, I mean, we know, we exercise and we play the sports and we are in athletic teams, but the, the missing part is the middle part, right? The emotion, but people do not understand that emotions actually drive, they give all the data to cognition and cognition our mind makes the decision, but we always cut off the emotion. Emotions taken out of the workplace, out of everything we do in education as well, and it's just left to people to learn, but it is a very important component of education that we need to learn how to work with our emotions. The reason it's taken apart is that emotion is messy, it's complex. At the same time, it has so much data that we're just getting rid of all the time. So if we learn how to work with it, it doesn't become disturbance. It becomes a rich source of real time data that we can resource and make good decisions. So emotional awareness for making good decisions is this week. Next week, once we learn how to do that, but then emotions are challenging sometimes. Let's say somebody pushes your button and you say things and do things that you will regret later but if we learn to work with emotion and familiarize ourselves with it, then we can navigate that difficult terrain when somebody pushes your button. So the next session is, especially when we get difficult feedback or hard feedback, how do we process it? So how to use emotional intelligence for processing difficult feedback? And then after that is that Difficult conversation, another area that we actually have um, challenges in connecting with others is that hard topic, it matters to you, but it is really difficult to have because you don't want to have that conversation. So that how to have difficult conversation. And then I think the next one has to do with um, relationship management, which is the compassion and empathy. So how do we not just manage my own own emotions, but being able to relate to another, and which is a very important component of emotional intelligence skills, right? Because it's not just about me. We need each other to co-create something no one person could have done alone. So that management of relationships and enriching it and strengthening. And then we end it. The last one is own your mistakes and move on, which we um, kind of tag. It's a tagline for with um, leadership resilience. Because when we try to do, whether as an entrepreneur or leader of an important organization, it's something that people are having difficulty tackling challenges or something new that doesn't exist today, there's gonna be invariably failures, right? As the bumper sticker says, this stuff happens. I'm not, there's no buffer between me and that. So when that happens, how do we move through it? How we, we don't get stuck in, Mistakes and failures and errors, but really gather the rich learnings from all those, use that as a fertilizer to move on so we don't get stuck. So that's the resilience part.
1: I'm really proud of this workshop series uh, that we're offering here. Obviously, Venture Cafe teaches a lot about leadership and starting your business, a lot of the hard skill components. And I think the soft skill, the emotional intelligence, the pattern recognition, uh, the empathy and compassion piece are missing a lot of times from the innovation and entrepreneurship community. Um, so I'm so thankful to have you leading these sessions. They're always packed. So if you're interested in coming to any of these sessions, check out VentureCafeCambridge.org calendar. Um, mark it, get here early so you can uh, make sure you get a seat in one of Jung's fantastic sessions. Um, I'd like to end these interviews with two questions that really reinforce the credo and mission of Venture Cafe. Um, on one hand, we want to ask, and you've sort of already given so much to the community, but what is one thing that you can contribute to the community? And then on the other hand, what is one way that the community can help you out?
0: Thank you for that question. You know, I always think that the best gift that humans can give to one another is the presence Because I think there is a human yearning that we want to be seen and we want to be heard. So my gift to the community is my presence. That if anyone needs a pair of ears, they want to be seen and heard. I'm here anytime. I love to connect with anyone who's interested in being seen and being heard. And then the second thing that um, I would appreciate from the community is that Really taking these skills um, as the foundational, right? Because all the strategies and expertise and marketing and finance and legal, these are important skills. But just like building the house, if your foundation is strong, all the things that you build on top of it can be really solid and it can get, really support your growth. But if the foundation is not strong, all the beautiful things that you pour in is going to collapse, over time. And we're talking about sustainable growth and sustainable success. And that takes time and resilience. So learning these skills, like well-being, is a skill that people overlook. But without that, everything else falls apart. Life, relationship, your sense of who you are, you know. And a lot of entrepreneurs talk about insecurities, managing this inner game, and being a master of your own world. So, I would say that, yes, let's learn the skills. And just like learning the language, we cannot practice the skills alone. So let's create a vibrant community, which Venture Cafe is doing already, and practice the skills together.
1: John, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. And of course, for all of your work uh, with all the different workshops that you put on for the cafe. If people can't make it in the Venture Cafe Cambridge, where can they find you online?
0: They can find me um, online. I am uh, can connect on LinkedIn. SoColeaders.com is the website. And they can always send me a, an email, Jung at socoleader.com
1: Fantastic. Jung, thank you so much. Have a great day.
0: Thank you, Frank. My absolute pleasure.
1: Live from the Cafe is produced and disseminated by the Venture Cafe Foundation. A nonprofit organization striving to better connect the innovation community. To learn more about our events and resources, please visit us online at VentureCafeCambridge.org. Or come visit us at One Broadway in Cambridge, Massachusetts, every Thursday from 3 to 8 p.m.